BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 455 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Hello. Welcome to The Promised Land, a show about Manchester United and part of the 90 Min Podcast Network. I'm Scott Saunders, joined by Rob Blanchett. My tone is more positive because Manchester United have won a football match. Rob, 3-0 at Everton. Could have been scary, but in the end, three points, three goals. It was still pretty scary in some ways, Scott. Like, it's a funny game, isn't it? Like, we've won this 3-0. Happy with the result, like... You know, you'd have taken that, wouldn't you, three hours ago when we were talking about where Man United going to get the points here. But a strange match. Like, again, when you look at the stats, I think Everton had more shots than United on the day. I think United literally scored with every shot they had, <laughs> I think, when they hit the target. So, um, uh, a strange game of football. We're going to talk about all the talking points today and get through some interesting highlights. Some comments. We are doing a live show. If you're listening back to this on audio, we are doing this live on YouTube and we have some people already in the comments. Uh, Jace says, here for the Kobe Manu loving. We'll be doing some of that. Definitely. That's what it is. <coughs> Chris says, good morning from Melbourne, Australia, lads. Good morning. Hello, uh, Australia. Good evening from us. It's uh, approaching 7 p.m. here. A 3-0 win. What year is this? Uh, says Shurik. Uh, Shiram and uh, we also got David Prescott as well the Man United Socials were posting greatest goals versus Everton yesterday that Garnacho goal is going to live forever number one more give the captaincy and the number seven to Kobe someone's Uh, reading my mind that 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 get him in get him in the England (laughs) squad you'll you know you'll do magic for you Um, that was his first start Uh, Rob wants to uh Obviously, there was a lot of things in that performance that uh, weren't great, and we know that. Uh, so we will be talking about that today, but we haven't even mentioned, apart from a comment, Alejandro Garnacho's goal was absolutely unbelievable. And Man United took it one of their... It, it wasn't even a chance, but they t- they scored early, and look how much of a difference it made to the game in the end. Uh, you know? So we'll be talking all about that in a little bit more depth. We'll be talking about Kobe, because he is what United don't have. He really is. He's uh, the one. He's yeah. the one. United are now two points off Tottenham, who won the league in August. <laughs> Your favourite team. <laughs> I don't mind Tottenham. I, I really don't mind, but now they've lost three in a row because they've got some injuries. You see Son uh, scored a hat-trick today, and, and as he scored his hat-trick and every goal was disallowed... I thought of you, Scott. <laughs> I thought of you talking about your favourite team, Tottenham Hotspur, and your favourite manager, and Postacoglu. I don't mind. I don't mind them. But yeah, United are back in the mix. And obviously, we've done show. We did a show a few weeks ago. Is that the end of Eric Ten Hag, etc., cetera, etc.? Cetera. And now he's six points off the top of the table after thirteen games. It's funny how things can change uh, in just a matter of weeks. Obviously, we know there's a ton of issues there, but I think for me, it is a lot easier for me to say what I want to say when United have won a match and they've had they've had they have a player in their team who can do probably what the manager wants the rest of the players to do, uh, as opposed to having a bunch of people. Bruno, 
somebody asked, uh, I can't remember who it was, sorry. Uh, I don't know if you're watching now, but talk about Bruno, please. And I, was, I, I responded, well, we, we do. And people shouted us. But there was, a, there was a moment like in the second half, I think it was, where Bruno Fernandes got the ball on the touchline just outside the edge of his own box. I think United were 2-0 up at the time, I want to say. And he tried to loft a 70-yard Hollywood pass and gave the ball away when he could have just played it simple. Um, but yeah, anyway, uh, join us. Get in the comments, please, if you're listening and watching us on YouTube as and as well. And uh, yeah, also on audio, we're on Spotify, Apple, etc., etc. You'll be able to find us shortly after we finish our live stream if you want to listen back on an audio platform. But subscribe to this channel wherever you get your subscribe to those channels wherever you get your podcasts and watch us on youtube the promise and a manchester united podcast like the video subscribe leave a comment for us and hit the notification bell so you know you never miss a show and also we might be doing more live shows as well so please do yes uh, and please share it. now if you're if you're yeah, in our comments now, here yeah, yeah. if you're even watching on playback in the next hour or two ahead or in the next day or two please jump on your socials you you know our socials by now surely uh, you know, we read them out every week and I'm sure you follow us on Twitter stroke X, but yes, we need you to share it and obviously spread the word because that really helps us. If you do not follow us on social media and just discovering us on YouTube or whatever, because uh, we're going live after the match, double underscore Scott Saunders on X, IG and TikTok at underscore Rob underscore B on X and YouTube and at promise and MU as well for the show on X. I'll just jump back in to some comments. G man says, Kobe looks so composed, like looks like he's been a pro for years. Yep. Uh, Corey, met you in uh, in Vegas. Hope you're doing well. Your United Con friends from Seattle tuning in. Hello. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. And Kerwin saying, when was the last time you could relax in the last 15 minutes of a match? Yeah, I know. Uh, I think United won a game uh, by more than one goal for the first time this season today, I want to say. Uh, yeah. Outside of the Crystal Palace game in the uh, in the League Cup, Ashish saying, "Come on, guys! Kobe is the best midfielder in the league. Let's end the stream and go to bed." Uh, question: Rob, hardest game come December? Liverpool, Chelsea, or Newcastle? I think Newcastle and Chelsea. Uh, I think Liverpool personally, but Liverpool. Yeah, I've watched a lot of Liverpool in recent weeks, and they look very Liverpool at the moment. It's quite a bit frightening. I, I think they're a long way off what they used to be. But uh, they're in the mix, and United are only four points behind Liverpool. I think they're four points, four or five. Not, not far. Definitely not far. Uh, Robert says, what a difference in attitude. We usually crumble in any kind of hostile environment. Amazing start to a huge week. United scored in the first two minutes. Makes a hell of a difference. I know that they rode their luck at times a bit because they uh, kind of uh, messed their pants a little bit because they're just not very good at playing out under pressure and revert back to old types, lofting the ball forward 60 yards or whatever, <laughs> because and not being able to uh, play the ball under pressure. Uh, but we'll talk about that in a bit. Nayar says, why can't United keep the ball? We'll talk, we'll talk about this probably at the top of the show. That's what and, I'm thinking. Yeah. We conceded over two XG versus Everton, but we won by three goals. Football is wild. Shout out Andre Onana, by the way. He had a good game. He had a good, he had a good game well. today and he needed to have a good game at times. Yeah. But <clears throat> Right, where do you want to start? Well, should we start with Garnacho's goal? Because I think that's the most positive thing of the of the day. Well, no, I think Garnacho's goal and Manu's performance, I think they are, are definitely the highlights for Manchester United fans today. Let's do Garnacho's goal then. Yeah. Where does that rank? Because it was like, I, I don't know how you reacted, Rob, but I was... I'm not going to repeat the noise I made. Uh, just it's probably not suitable for microphones and headphones and that kind of thing. But is it as good as Rooney's? It's technically, I think it might be. It's 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 better. Mm. So do you know what Scott? Like you said, it's funny we we have different reactions, don't we, to things like you just said there. You kind of went like wild. I just sat there like. Right, how is this going to get taken away from us? Something's wrong here. The, 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 ha, what's happened here? That overhead kick has gone right in the top corner, and I was in—I was almost completely in shock. So as they celebrated, I was like, "Oh my god!" And of course, the first thing you think about is that goal and Wayne Rooney. I think I was about 20, 30 yards from Wayne Rooney when he did that overhead kick and went in the top corner. And we all know, of course, that even though that was a magic moment against 
a poor Man City team, you know, the old Man City more like, that it came off his shin, didn't it? Mm-hmm. And it went in the top corner and it was a great moment and obviously something that will live forever. Um, just the, just a splendid goal by Garnacho, and I think just underlines what he is. You know, he is a special attacking player. We think of him pigeonholed on the left and that he does certain things and he can score certain types of goals that he can provide. But I'm telling you, Scott, as he gets older, he is going to become a much more rounded forward. And that overhead kick is special. Not everyone can even think of doing that in that moment. You've got to also remember it comes from a pretty bad ball from Delow. Delo's overhit that is going under everyone's head and it's going out for a, for a throw in over the other side. And Garnacho stops. It wasn't that bad, Rob. I'll go it watch it. It wasn't that bad. Honestly, it go watch it. It wasn't that bad. I know go you don't wa- like Delo, but it wasn't that bad. No, 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 no. Honestly, it's not about favoritism. I've watched it like eight times already. And the thing is, that ball, really, Garnacho shouldn't even have to think about over kicking that. That's like it's going towards the other side. And he does it so beautifully, he stops himself and spins and pivots and gets his body up in the air in, a, in an arch. Proper, proper bicycle kick and goes in the top corner. Wasn't a great cross. Go watch it again. But I'm not bothered about Delo's cross. I'm bothered about Garnacho. And I think for three, for that was the third minute, wasn't it, Scott? And my immediate thought was don't concede because that's what we do, isn't it? You get an early goal. And then we concede. But it was good that Mm -hmm. United kind of put their foot on the ball, tried to play out from the back for 20 minutes. And as time went on, they kind of started to go, can we play out from the back? Let's just get slower and slower and slower. And what happened to Everton, Scott? Everton went, we like a bit of this. We can can push on. But we'll talk about that obviously a little bit later. But fantastic goal by Gainacho. Goal of the season for me so far. Definitely Man United's goal of the season. Uh, And it will be talked about for many, many years. Uh, just watched before we started Bruno uh, his uh, post match with uh, with Garnacho and he made at least three references to kind of you know I think Garnacho's reputation is he's a he's com- he's a confident boy let's just say that absolutely and he believes in himself and Bruno made three specific points to knock him down a little bit <laughs> uh, saying he didn't deserve man of the match I think he said he said um, he didn't. We, he didn't, did he? I think that we we know. Who, What's who Gary was. Neville doing? Like, I might tweet I Gary Neville. I, I might tweet Gary Neville. He said he wasn't man of the match, but I'm giving it to him for that goal. And Kobe Manu was our best player. I think Kobe Manu on his debut should have got man of the match. Like he was certainly my man of the match. I don't know what you think, Scott. No, what do, what do people in our comments I, think? I, I, t- I tweeted it. I tweeted it at about the 60 minute mark. Yeah. Uh, I said, yeah. Where is it? Where is it? Kobe has been the player of the match by an absolute country mile. That was uh, uh, eight minutes to six in the UK, by miles. UK time. Absolutely miles. He was that good. Um, and Rob and I, as uh, some of you have pointed out on Twitter, I've been talking about him for a long time. Banging the Kobe drum for months. A long, long time. Yeah. Uh, even back time. into last season. A year ago. Wasn't it? It was about, it, it, about a year and a half ago. Yeah. Been, when he yeah. was 16. <laughs> so, like, that was the first time I ever spoke about Kobe Manu when I saw him play for the youth team. Yeah. So, he got his first start today. Like, just to, just to round off on Garnacho, it was a fantastic goal. Goal of the season for me. It, it would do... You'd have to score a bloody good goal for it to be better than that one. Uh, but, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think for me and for Rob, the player of the match was Kobe Manu. First Premier League start in the six. Well, double pivot, kind of six. Yeah. Uh, there was a moment, Rob, in the first half where Kobe was playing a little bit further up and Scott McTominay was the one receiving the mm-hmm. ball from Andrew yep. Nana. Mm-hmm. And I was like, if you can't see the difference here, Watch it again. Watch it over and over again. Because Scott McTominay fizzed the ball back to Andre Onana. I think it was twice. And then Onana kicked it out of play. Yep. And you think, you give that ball to Kobe. He'd shown example. I tweeted in the first five minutes that he was the one progressing the ball through midfield and passing it through lines vertically. Mm -hmm. And makes such a difference. Absolutely such a difference. Because he's got what Eric Ten Hag wants in a midfielder. And it's, it's been, uh, it was such a shame for me that he got injured in preseason because you all, I'm, I'm sure most of you saw in preseason, 
like the positive performances. Uh, but he got, I think he, Casemiro's tackle against Real Madrid, wasn't it? And he, he kind of uh, suffered mm. through the fallout of that and damaged his ankle. It's been a long road back. You don't like, he's, he's 17, 18 years old. You don't want to rush him in. Uh, but now we finally got to the time where Ten Hag thinks he's ready and he absolutely took his chance with both hands. So let's just talk about Kobe uh, for a little bit. Just splendid, fantastic debut, wasn't it? Like, again, when when we saw the team sheets, we we're all very excited to see that he was in the team, finally been calling for it for a while. We absolutely know why he's not been in the team. He has been injured. We saw him, obviously, around the pre-season tour. We were very disappointed, wasn't it, when he, he kind of went out with that bad injury and we knew that would be a time out. Um, I think the thing is, Scott, like, we talk about age and we talk about quality and ability and all of this, yeah, and not everything is equal in football, is that players do have different functions. They can do different things. The whole point about Kobe Manu is that he is totally in the kind of Jude Bellingham school of thoughts around a midfielder, yeah? The modern midfielder has to be able to do everything. That's it, yeah? And as time goes on, midfielders that play that 8-10 function, 8-6 function, all of that stuff, you don't get away with it by doing a little bit of it really well or even like half of it really well because do you know what? You'll get caught out with the other side. You just mentioned Scott McTominay there at the back there fizzing the ball back to Anana and Anana like, what are you doing? Like, that's that's not what you're supposed to be doing. Kobe Manu, I made this uh, distinction before. I made it to you just before we start, went live on the show. Is that last year when I watched Romeo Lavia at Southampton, the one underlying thing when I watched Lavia was that the game just is slow. Every time he gets the ball in the six, and that's a bad Southampton team, no one got near him because he just pops it off, Scott. Now, you could say, could you say this? Kobe Manu's in a bad Man United team or Man United team that doesn't always know what it's doing and show today that at times that it was a little bit brittle. But do you know what, Scott? The game just turns into slow motion. I was calling him slow mo Manu in my head when I was watching it because that's what you want from a midfielder, yeah, that plays the six. That he can then go into the eight and he can go into the ten and he can move around. He doesn't just sit there in front of the defence. And you saw, I think, when he had the ball at his feet, there was just no panic at all. And he's 18. What's wrong with the 26-year-olds, the 28-year-olds and the 29-year-olds at Manchester United, even the 30-year-olds, who can't do that? That's a problem, isn't it? So if I'm Eric Ten Hag, it's a bit weird. I'm saying, look at this lad Kobe because he can do it, but you lot can't. It shouldn't be like that, should it? So I'm so pleased that we finally got to see Kobe in red and in a Man United shirt. He's still been doing it in the reserve, Scott. You watch him and he just glides around. He's like absolutely just cool and calm. And I think he's more than the number six. I think we'll see him play six a lot. But today, when he came out of the six, you're then thinking, right, who's covering? Who's actually doing the six work now? Kobe, get back a little bit because we need you. It's a bit sad, really, that we're looking at an 18-year-old like that as it stands. Now, you mentioned the profile and the the six eight function. Mm. Uh, I'm I'm doing this. I'm I'm live on air. I'm not I'm not saying these play that, that Kobe is as good as this player, right? I'm not saying that in in the slightest. I'm comparing Messi. their profiles. Frankie Messi. De Jong, <laughs> like Eric Ten Hag wanted Frankie De Jong to play this yeah. role. Totally, it was the first. It was the first position that he wanted to strengthen. He wanted De Jong to do this. I'm yes. absolutely. I'm, I I don't know how their their profiles match up in terms of like how good they are as Britain. There's probably not enough stats on Kobe at the top mm. level yet to prove that. But to me, the reason why United didn't go and sign a DM in the summer, and the reason why United didn't go and well, they got Amrabat, I know, but like on a on a permanent deal, and why it was why they looked at other positions first, is because this they need to make room for this kid, and yeah. you know now finally. The world's got to be able to see the qualities that he has because he's quick with his feet, quick with his head. Uh, so, like, the composure was just unbelievably... It, the comparison and composure between, like, McTominay and Bruno Fernandes and, and Kobe is just... It's night and day. It's unbelievable. It's like a different and sport. It really is. And I said... Within the like I said, within the first five minutes, that Kobe was doing things that other United midfielders don't do. Completely, or even within five minutes. And we said a number of weeks ago that 
we were hoping that he would we thought he would have played a lot of football so far this season if he wasn't injured. Yeah. And providing he stays injury free, he's going to be playing a lot of football for Man United now in the next few weeks and months. Uh, absolutely, really, really refreshing to see a player with that skill set that the manager wants. Like, honestly, I, I, I think if you clone, if you make two more Kobe's, and maybe they're different ages and this kind of thing. You, most of your most of your style issues are solved. It's just you got a default Bruno Fernandez who just wants to pass the ball fifty yards every single time he gets it, and you've got Scott McTominay in the midfield who probably isn't technically good enough, and he he needs to play in the he needs to play an advanced eight ten role because that's the type of player he is. But what you're looking at here is I looked at this today, <clears throat> right. Um, and sorry, I'm, I'm going to bring in the why uh, why aren't United playing with a... St- oh, why can't United keep the ball? There you go. They are uh, from earlier on. United can't keep the ball because they don't have players who are capable of keeping the ball. And like, as m- I've said this for weeks and weeks and weeks and months and months and months, that everybody who is slating Eric Ten Hag style, he does not have the players for it. He does not have the players for it. The players yeah. need to... This this management of this squad needs to be done. Ideally, it, it would be brilliant if it was done in one summer, but that's not. We're not Chelsea, and you look how when you do do it quickly, look how it works out. You know. Yeah. Now you've got there were seven players who played today, hmm. uh, who started that game, who played in the Liverpool five nil home defeat. And my theory, I tweeted this right. Sorry, Rob, I'll let you talk in a second. So my right. theory is that. That day, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer told those players to start playing football and be adventurous. Mm. They lost 5-0. I reckon a lot of them are absolutely mentally scarred by that day. And every time they try and do it, 4-0 at Brentford. All this kind of thing. Those players are carrying mental, like, you know, the damage is unreal because they've been there before. They've tried it. So they default back to, oh, no, it's just more comfortable, isn't it? I'll just whack it. That that I th- honestly think that these players are scarred with it. Honestly do. And that is why I'm saying, give the manager time. Give him time. He will eventually bring in the players that he wants to execute the system. And the best thing is, you finally got an example of what I'm saying in Kobe Manu. You finally got an example. So, sorry, Rob. I'm with you. I'm with you. And, uh, you know, you can either look at it one way that they're scarred by the past and all of those things. And that plays into sports psychology and other things that we've spoken about before. Or, Scott, you could just go down the route that they're all garbage. That you could go down that route. Because I I look at it this way with football, yeah, is that what Kobe's got is this natural talent that already at 18, he's honed to be a, a piece in the jigsaw and a piece on the chessboard to be able to do what he's supposed to do as a modern central midfielder, a six, an eight, a 10, wherever he plays. Don't know if you remember in pre-season where he makes that brilliant run into the right wing channel, brings the ball into Bruno and Bruno scores. And everyone's like, wow, we've not seen a central midfielder run into that part of the park before. That's that's new for Man United. And it's like, well, it's not new for football. That's what happens in football matches. It's what football clubs do. You see Bernardo Silva do it every week for Man City or, or Myers or other players at that ilk. I think when you look at today, it's almost impossible to talk about Kobe Manu's success and what Kobe Manu could be in the future without talking about the, I want to use swear words, the players that just don't do it. They don't do it. So for me, in that first half today, we all said, oh, Kobe had a great first half. Man United were leading a great goal by Garnacho. But you know what, Scott? You almost got mugged because you just didn't play anything like a normal midfield. And the other two midfielders in that role, in that triangle there behind the front three, because it was kind of 4-3-3 at times, but you had a kind of single pivot, which was Kobe most of the time, was that McTominay and Bruno Fernandes look like they've never played football together before. Like, they don't know what they're doing. Now, if I'm Eric Ten Hag, I'm not saying, lads... I know you're mentally scarred from 18 months ago, lads. I know it was so bad under Ole. I'm not saying that. I'm going, hang on, lads. You're and you're you're a captain. You're on 250 grand a week. Scotty, you've just scored a million goals for Scotland. What, what's going on here? Why can't you do the basics? It's the basics. We're not asking them to go and be Lionel Messi. We're not asking for anything extrovert. We're asking for basics. 
Yeah, that's it. It's a slice of bread. It's 25p. It's cheap. We just want basics. We're not looking for anything extravagant. So that's what annoys me. I watched that game and at half time. That's how but, I felt. But, like, but Rob, why are you expecting them to be able to do it when they've proven time after time after time after time that they can't do it? Like, I'm not expecting this them is to the do thing. It. And like, when, and when people are, you know, hmm. getting frustrated that there's no style there, there's no style. Like, they ain't going to leave the club tomorrow. No. They're not going to. This is going to be a thing that's got to be managed by people who know what they're doing, mm. which is why hopefully this week we'll get some kind of announcement. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed because mm. this needs to happen. It needs to happen. And you can see it. You've got one example here of what Ten Hag wants from his midfielders mm. in Kobe. And you've got another few examples over here of, I'm sure, like Bruno has his plus points. This kind of obviously he does. He starts every game, he's the captain. But if, if Ten Hag was building his perfect team, he wouldn't be picking Bruno Fernandes. Like, from no. nothing, you know? If he if he wanted to play his exact style, and it might not be like Ajax, but he's got to adapt his style to the players he's got. Yeah. And United got rid of a ton of players last year and Ten Hag's first season and this kind of thing. But this squad migration is going to take time. It is going to. And you're going to get performances like this. So when I see criticism of, oh, Ten Hag doesn't know what he's doing, he doesn't know what he's doing, like, it's going to take time. It will take time. It will take time. And I've got no criticism for Eric Ten Hag. I don't think this, I don't think this conversation at all centers around Eric Ten Hag. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not. I think some fans are. Yeah. Yeah. I think some fans do. And I've seen a lot of that, obviously, on Twitter in recent weeks and months. People say, oh, Ten Hag's this, Ten Hag's that. You know, I've seen lots of comment recently about, oh, Ten Hag's fallen out with all the players. It's, he can't fall out with all these players. We're like, hang on, we've seen all of this before. It's the same bad movie over and over again. But I think the whole thing is, Scott, when, when you go out there and you play 4 3 3, 4 2 3 1, 4 1 4 1, whatever you want to play, and these lads go and do it in their international teams and they can do it. So I, I don't get it that when they're in a red shirt, they can't do it. So you could say that in one hand, that that is some mental issue and mental scarring, like you described it. Or you could just call it fecklessness. You could just say that you don't actually put the right energy into your game to do certain things. We're going to have to talk about Bruno. So let's add Bruno in here. He got the assist, yeah. He gives the ball up for Marcus for the penalty, which I was really surprised from. I was... You know, I was kind of yeah, shocked he, by that. He said Did in he his post-match uh, that, and I thought this was it at the time, that he needed a jolt of confidence, really. Well, and you could, you could tell, like, I don't know if you noticed in the celebration, Marcus Rashford did not want to celebrate and the players no. pushed him. Like, the, the, Dallow was pushing him to go and celebrate. and enjoy Marcus just looks sad, doesn't he? He's like, he Mar does. Mar Mar Marcus does. is dealing with things. So, like, we, we know that. Again, we, we're not going to talk about that too much today. But I think the whole thing is, is that with Bruno and... and Definitely have said this in previous shows. If Bruno's your 10, brilliant, start him. If Bruno plays in your forward line somewhere, great, brilliant, play him. If Bruno's going to be your number eight, put him on a bench. If Bruno's going to be your six, eight, put him on the bench. And I think this is where you stand with this player now, is that I know that people are obsessed with this. And, and I get people tweeting me all the time saying, oh, you hate Bruno, you hate Bruno. I just hate bad football, Scott. So if I have an expectation for Bruno Fernandes to hold the ball, I don't think that's a big expectation. So you saw today with Kobe Manu as an 18-year-old that you can hold the ball. If you're a technically gifted player, and Bruno is, Bruno has technique, he gets you that assist today, doesn't he? And that's not a dribbler, though. Yeah, but no, not a dribbler. But again, like I think like we sometimes compound football down and look at it too much about the minutiae and all of those things. With Bruno Fernandes, if you say to him, play the 10 and go do the press and get the assist and get in the box and get round there, I think Bruno Fernandes is fine. I think Bruno Fernandes is a great number 10 and that's why his numbers are so good in and around the 10. If you play him today in an eight with Scott McTominay, he's going to look like Fred. So it's just, the, just how it goes is that I think that this is the problem for the manager is that you haven't really got a lot of choices there, have you? But maybe you could say, Scott, well, if you identified this last year, maybe United should have fixed this. So this is, again, goes back to the ownership. It goes back to um, to Richard Arnold. It goes back to John Murto. It goes back to all those guys and the support of Ten Hag. And I don't blame Ten Hag for those things because that's ultimately you have to go buy players to maybe move some of these players out. You just said there, if this was Ajax, I don't think Bruno Fernandes would be in that team, in that function. He might play the 10, but he certainly wouldn't play the 8. 
because you can't keep the ball. So I think we saw that today is that Bruno can't keep the ball. And that's not new, is it? That's something we say every single week. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. I'm just going to jump back to some of your comments. They are mm. again saying, Can Manu Erickson and Bruno play in the mud without getting overpowered and bullied? Christian Eriksen, you look at Christian Eriksen, right? Opportunistic signing. I like him. He mm. has uh, some of the, the 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 facets that you need in a midfielder. But the modern midfielder needs to be. I don't want to make the comparison. Kobe, like that. That is a, that is 100%. an example of the modern midfielder. And mo- most teams in the Premier League have got them now. Even yep. looking at somebody like Ducore got injured at Palace yesterday. You know, but Palace are picking out players from France who can do everything. You know, yeah. and United are going. Oh, it's Casemiro. You, you know, you know, <laughs> and that's that's a Casemiro was a desperate signing. It was they they needed to make that signing at the time. I it worked for a while. He ain't going to play much more for United though, because I think the people who are coming in are probably going to want to look at this. And you'd hope that they're smart enough to. I'm sure. I'm sure this is the way it's going to go. They want to build a style of play, especially if it's Paul Mitchell. He's actually spoken about this publicly. They've yeah. got to decide how they want to play and build and buy players to fit that mold. He, he spoke about this in a, an interview with Sky Sports in July 2022. So he's actually spoken publicly about this. But Ericsson, I, I mentioned there, was going on a free transfer, saved United some money, and but that's got a sell by date. Casemiro, sell by date. Bruno Fernandes is the maverick player that United have had over the last few years who puts up the numbers, who is the captain, this kind of thing. He's probably going to be one of the last to be... He might. He, they might eventually build a team which has Bruno in it, which kind of uh, clouds over his weaknesses and covers his weaknesses, maybe. Yeah. Or you just play him as a 10, and I think he's like... Yeah, exactly. exactly. You, get, you get another... Mm. You get a six or an eight, both of them who can do that job. And maybe Bruno Fernandes can play further forward. Uh, Kerwin says, <clears throat> should we manage Kobe's minutes? Yes, as much as you don't want to, you want to see him play 90 minutes every single game. He's only a teenager. He's, his minutes have to be managed and he had to come off today. I kind of had that feeling in my head of, oh no, you know, they're going to collapse because they don't have anyone with composure on the pitch now. But they That's how I felt when he went yeah. off. <laughs> uh, Kobe has so many body feints and disguises so much of what he does on the ball. Mm. Uh, where was Anthony? Injured. Was he? Got a knock. Yeah. Did he? Yeah. Uh, Zakia says, hello guys, glad to be able to join you for a live and, lis- uh, live and listen to you. Rob, still my favorite though. There you are, Rob. Uh, Thank you. Corey again saying he has a unique feel and understanding his ability to drive forward and break a press is Frankie de Jong like I love him yeah. as an eight yeah uh exactly like FDJ he says uh Jared says love the post-match shows uh, sorry there's loads of comments coming in absolutely loads of them and uh keep going more more <laughs> comments they are saying would you not accept a 100 million bid for Rashford maybe we'll do that on another show oh I would <laughs> 100 million maybe <laughs> now we're talking <laughs> right let's, we will um, talk about Rashford in this show because I think we all have to have that conversation about him the, and his form at the moment this is the one I wanted to find a sheet again uh, okay. right Robin Scott gun to your head who do you sign to partner Kobe I say Polina from Fulham or Onana from Everton however too injury prone do you know what my answer is I would like somebody that Man United signed for about 25 million quid that's about 21 years old mm. that I haven't heard of <laughs> I mean I've heard of most I'm like I'm, I'm, I work in football I've probably heard of most players with any kind of uh, potential because that's the job etc etc but you know I, it doesn't have to be a hundred million player it doesn't have to be 
No. Pick the right profile. Pick them up when they're young, probably before they make that big move, and integrate them into the team and get a few of those, and then you got options. Yeah, I'll I'll give I you think. my answers off the back of that because I did also read in the comments about people uh, people were talking about what you do immediately, and you mentioned Ericsson as well, and I think these all things tying together is that Christian Ericsson is exactly what Bruno Fernandez is. He's he's a number ten doing the guys of a number eight work. And and that means that he will give the ball away. He will get run past. He'll do all the things that Bruno does just in a different manner, meaning that he doesn't do it very well. You do need Kobe Manus. I think the whole point here is, and you said this uh, with the players that you could go and get, I don't think you probably get Palinia now just because of the age. And I think that, think Bayern Munich quite like he's him. Gonna I think go that's Bayern. He's that's where go. he's going to go. So that's that's a kind of a slow burner. I really like Anana. I, I did a piece about him uh, in the transfer window when United were looking at him. I think he's a an interesting player. I think he could unlock Manu to go and play more as an eight. And I think this is the bigger question now for Ten Hag Scott, is that do you develop uh, Manu as your six and you kind of play either a 4-2-3-1 and you set yourself up so Bruno can play the 10. So that's why you played a double pivot. Or do you do a more kind of 4-3-3, which we saw today? But that will then mean that Manu's coming to get the ball off the centre-backs. Now, I'm fine with that. But I also think that Manu has got exceptional final third ability, which we didn't really see today, obviously, because he wasn't in that role. But did you see the ball he clipped over the top in the wing? He gets that ball. He sees the final third expansively as a midfielder. So I would like to see him developed as an eight. I think he is more Jude Bellingham-esque. It's like saying to Jude Bellingham, oh, can you play the six this week, Jude? Because you can do it. Well, yeah, he can do it, but don't make him do it. Make him play the eight or the 10, he'll score your goals. I actually think that Manu could be an eight or a 10 one day and get you 12, 13, 14 goals from midfield comfortably because he can score in the box. We've seen it before. And I think that he could run that part of the park for you. So uh, I think also they're saying there about who would you select now? I would play 4-2-3-1. I'd play Manu in two sixes at the back with Amrabat. People go, oh, Amrabat. I think he's the most suited to play that role if you do a double pivot. I don't want McTominay I'm there. I'm not convinced by Amram Bay. I'm not convinced, Scott, but he's absolutely profile-wise the best you've got at the moment. So, like, I like Hannibal as well. But you Would you sign Amrabat permanently? No, not at the moment. Not not right now. Like, no. I want to see more Amrabat this year. I want to see what he can do. Now, we know what his weaknesses are, but I don't think United have done anything towards his strengths either. And I, I can actually see him... United are playing something like a 4-3-3 is that you end up having Amrabat as the 8 because that's what he does he's like a roaming 8 who's defensive he's not really a 6 but if you played 4-2-3-1 guess what that does Scott means that Bruno Fernandes plays at the top end of the pitch I'm happy with that I can live with that for the time being as you try and develop your team we know this is not forever but this is how you you look to the future to go and find yourself a player in midfield I would have bought Lavia in the summer because I think Lavia with Manu would have ripped the Premier League up. I think those two... He has playing, been injured all season, hasn't played for he's Chelsea. He's not yet. been in the Chelsea but, team because... And when he's in the Chelsea team, Scott, when he gets in the next two, three, four, five, six, seven weeks, whenever that might be, everyone's going to go, oh, look at that boy. He's special, like Manu's special. It's just the same ilk. So, yeah, look, yeah. We, we need to see more Manu now. Like you just said about managing his minutes. Yeah, all right. 75 minutes a game, 80 minutes. I don't want to see him coming off after 60 or 50 or or having games. For me, out. he's already you like you're going to rotate him out, obviously, but he's already yeah. for me. He has to start. Like, honestly, uh, it's, totally. it's that it's he's that bad. In one it's game that bad. Like, <laughs> he has he has to, like, you know, if well, it, the way it goes, you get your chance, you take it, you stay in. Yeah, one of the things I was thinking of the game today, it's quite funny as you do this and you think about oh, what I'm going to say on the show and all these things. I was thinking, really, what should happen is that all those guys on high wages should kind of take 20, 30 grand out their pockets and just chuck it at, at, at Manu because he actually deserves the money. He's the one who's you're going to look at in the future. Yeah, he's going to be your he's going to be your shirt seller, Scott. Rob, you even know you even know how I feel about contracts and this kind of thing. Yeah. Keep him on a fair contract, change the wage structure, don't overpay him. Keep yeah. him, keep him on, the, keep his feet on the ground. He looked like everything I've I've read and you know heard about him. Local boy, local boy, pretty you know, feet on the ground. This kind of thing. Uh, but just jumping over to another comment from uh, Nini, Andre from Flum Fluminense. Now, yes. 
watch Fulham. If Fulham sign him in the summer, <laughs> in, in January, as Paulinho's replacement, when they mm. sign him to buy a Munich for about 60 mil, watch him be worth 100 in 18 months. These are the types of players that United need to go after. For me, like the players that, eh, you know, Liverpool are in, have been in for Andre as well. They have. Be smarter. Be smarter. And this is this is what I'd like to see. Mm. Uh, and some, who did we see here? Zakir again saying, what do you guys think of Fafana from Monaco, especially if Paul Mitchell comes in, you might want to bring him in. Like, yeah, Wouldn't fine. Me. I get that. Mm. But I'd like to think Paul Mitchell is savvy enough to not just sign the players he signed before. Mm. If if you you probably got a decent network, you probably know uh, the players that are coming through next. Fafana's probably going to cost you a fair bit of money. Mm. Maybe go and find the next one that Monaco will sign. You know, th- this kind of thing. This is how I feel. But anyway, we're talking about style. We're talking about... Uh, uh, where do you want to go? Where do you want to go, Rob? Um, well, I suppose we've done quite a lot of the positive stuff there. I think we talked about Garnacho's goal, fantastic worldie. We talked about Manu. And I think those are the two parts of this game that besides the scoreline, which was obviously very happy with 3-0... It didn't feel like a three 0 did it? And and it, it harps me back to two years yeah, ago. Where it didn't... Right. It, but those games happen. Like it does. This is the thing. Like yeah. Everton, Everton are, were gonna have moments anyway. Like we're not naive yeah. enough to think United turn up at Everton and absolutely steamroll them, give them no shots on goal. Like that no. was never, ever, ever gonna happen. And not even the best teams in the league will do that. Some some teams go to Everton and win one nil, and it's really especially on a day like this. Yeah. Especially on a day like this where their fans are holding up bloody corruption signs with the Premier League this kind of thing after the 10 point deduction that they've just had like that is a difficult place to go today and i'm just really glad that united managed to get out of there and there's obviously questions to ask the questions that we're asking are gonna repeatedly come up over and over and over again but you have to stick with it and be patient like we're not in a world where it's uh, you know let's just be patient it's all sack the manager after one game Sack the yeah. manager, sack the manager. Stick to the plan. I think, you know, like, for all of their flaws over the last few years, I, I still think that United have got to a point where they've got a manager who has or can what oversee a build through it. you just got to back it. you got to back it. And, yeah, he's had some hairy moments, this kind of thing. We've done shows where he could be one game away from the sack already this season. Uh, but it's naive to think that, Everton weren't going to have their moments today. But, you know, this is a long road. It's going to be a long road. It's just nice to actually talk about a win for a change. Yeah, it's good to talk about a win. But I I do think that there is no point in us when we do analysis on this football club is that we just kind of paper over the cracks. Because I think that's what a lot of people do. Like, like you know, when you win, it's positive, And when you lose, it's negative. And, and we live in this kind of yo-yo state of going back to forwards. As you just said there. Now, I think Man United are obviously still the form team in the Premier League. So is that five wins out of six now? So that's a that's a good stat to, to build on. Yeah, I think it's uh, yeah, five yeah. or six. If you watch that Man United team in the first half and then going into the second half, you're not thinking that this is the form team in the Premier League. You're looking at this team and thinking they are fundamentally compromised in certain positions so we have to talk about that unfortunately because it is important and you're right I trust Ten Hag to go and make those decisions as time goes on and I trust a Paul Mitchell type uh, character to come in and be able to find the right players and that is a long-term thing but we also have to operate game to game we can't get away from that if you put that performance against Everton in today against maybe half of the Premier League Scott you're not winning 3 0. You're just not. You, you did it today. And I think Everton, that they, um, I think Everton played quite well, actually, but they, they looked a bit battle the scarred. They looked first battle scarred. As the game went on and United got the goals, I think you saw that, that they kind of tapped out a little bit early, like, you know, 15 minutes to go, as one of our viewers said here, that, you know, we, we were quite relaxed in that moment. United were still giving the ball away 15 minutes ago. It's just like, you know, they're still doing the same old rubbish, but there's, the pressure was off, isn't it? I think when you look at individual Scott, that's where we have to kind of go now in the weeks ahead because if the individuals do not rise to the challenge, it does not matter, matter what the manager wants to do, what Paul Mitchell wants to do. You're having to press pause. You're having to stop everything and just leave it. Now, some fans are fine with that. I say don't get too high, don't get too low. That's where I'll still stand with this all the way. And I think you have to review it at the end of the season. 
but it's not good enough for us to just be able to go, oh, well, he's done the same thing again. Like, let's take Victor Lindelof. I'm going to take his as an example here and might be like, oh, well, Rob doesn't like Victor Lindelof. You could see today that every time he got the ball, he just didn't know what he was doing. You know, he looks inside. Maguire's like, don't give it to me. What are you doing? Luke Shaw's just come back, had pretty decent game. Really glad to see Luke Shaw back in the United shirt. He's going, push the ball away from me. Don't do this. Don't give it back to me. We have to talk about it because they're still doing it. It's like you're, they are fundamentally able to do these things like pass the ball, Scott. Now, tactically, these are international footballers. If there were other football clubs, I think they would be okay. But it's still not working. I don't know why. Because I look at those things and I think keeping the ball, keeping tempo, moving off one another, this is not something massively technical. You learn this as a kid. You learn these basics. And yet we're talking about Kobe Manu, who is a kid, and he can do it because he just does it. That's just what he does. With some of these other players who are you know, talking about new contracts, Victor Lindelof is talking about brand new deal coming up. Would you give him a new deal, Scott? No. Yeah, well, Marcus no, Rashford I, has just got I, his new deal. I tell you what, one day we'll do a show where I, we count through all the players I keep in a rebuild. It'd be like four, though, wouldn't it? Five, probably. <laughs> it'd, be, it'd, be, it'd be five, probably. Yeah. And so, so, that's hard for Ten Hag, isn't it? Because he's managing that in real time, having to pick players that he probably doesn't want to pick. Rob, the entire back four weren't mm. signed by Eric Ten Hag. No. You had Scott McTominay in there, Bruno Fernandes in there, Marcus Rashford in there, mm. Anthony Martial in there. That, how many players is that? Six, seven? Yeah. None of those were signed by Eric Ten Hag. And he's no. working... He's A lot of the time, he's working with, you know, players signed in the images of other managers or signed because they're commercially big, you know, uh, big time or whatever. Mm. He probably doesn't have a lot of those today. But Anthony Martial, great goal. Mm. But God, he was useless most of the time. Like, (laughs) it's like, no, I'm a striker there. But he he did get played in in that moment and showed he still got a little bit of composure and cool. Yeah. But United, Martial was signed by who? Louis van Gaal? A few years ago? Yeah. And he's still your striker, you know? And then we think, oh, why isn't everything magically different? Because Martial's body is like I, I like I like Martial. I, I have. It's just it's such a such a shame to see how his career's gone. But mm. like he needs to go. He needs to go. I think, do you know what? It is, football can be perverse sometimes because you and me have both lauded what we've seen from Hoyland. We like what we've seen with Hoyland in that development side of it. Is that, you know, he's strong, he's powerful, he's going to start running the channel. You're going to get him tappings. I think many United fans tonight, Scott, don't want to kind of rock the boat here. Some United fans will say that that was United's best attacking performance of the season. And that's where Marshall is the nine. So I think the thing is here, this is all about balance and about what your offer is. What can you do game to game to game to game? And, and I, you know, for me, Martial is not your starter, of course not. But I do think that, that the manager might look at that today and think, oh, hang on, my front three actually worked quite economically. I won the game 3-0. You said at the start of the podcast, Rob, they have three shots on target and scored all three. And that's economical, Scott. But, the, but, but that, that's the difference. <laughs> they, not today they took, one their, chances. Games. They took their chances today through yeah. an overhead kick, which is nobody has ever seen before. No. And a penalty. <laughs> yeah, totally. You know? They, they didn't so, create enough from midfield. That's, that's the way I look at it. Again, the midfield creation wasn't there. Bruno gets his, his assist, but it's on the edge of the box. And that's what you want him to do. That's where you want him to be. So, yeah, I'm not saying Martial should play. Absolutely not. I would stick with Hoyland. But I've actually had loads of people tweet me saying... Well, we don't think Hoyland's ready. Hoyland maybe should go on loan. Hoyland should maybe sit on the bench. Now, I kind of understand them because they see a result like today and all they see is the three and the zero. And we've tried to talk through that. I think Everton, as you said, they had an XG today of two, wasn't it? And, you know, when you look at that, you normally lose games where the XG that you give away is around two, 2.1, 2.2. But, you know, I didn't lose this game, of course. So I, I think it's kind of... You know, it's it's juggling balls a little bit for the manager because he will go back to what he wants to do and what he knows. But the attack has been brittle in recent weeks. It's how do you make these 11 players function together on a football pitch? Because I think that's a, such a huge question, Scott. I know you talk about them being former players. These are not, va- these are not um, Ten Hag's players. But it happens at every club. Every manager has to get something out of players that they didn't buy. Postacoglu is now finding that that's sometimes difficult. Starting I know. I'm well. seeing that people are saying Pierre-Emil Hoiberg should never play for Spurs again because he doesn't fit them. Like, there you go. It happens at every club. 
Yeah. But United seem to have more of those players mm. than most of the other clubs because they, yeah, they spent a hell of a lot of money yeah. and it makes them a lot more difficult to shift. Yeah, I mentioned Doku yesterday because Doku was obviously playing quite well against Liverpool. Doku's on 50 grand a week. You know, you, there are players out there who are as good as Doku that you could go get for 50 to 60 to 70 to 80 grand a week. Man United play people 200 grand a week, Scott, to not pass a ball. So this is the balance. So it, it is a long-term project. We, we don't need to go too far into that like tonight because you have won the game. But I think this is the problem that it regurgitates because if you lose the next game, then it becomes a question again. It's like, well, why did you not pass no, the ball another, to each other properly? Another big game coming. Galatasaray and then Newcastle. Huge game. So, uh, yeah. And manu has got to start that for me. Like, he's got to <laughs> give him the armband. If there's, <laughs> any, like, if there's anyone you could think of, probably it's, it's so ridiculous to be kind it's of crazy. talking about an 18 year old kid mm. as being able to deal with an atmosphere like Galatasaray. But, like, I have more confidence in, confidence in him to be able to do it than most of the others. The irony of this is, Scott, is that as we move on, we're actually seeing that the kids become more relevant. So, like, Garnacho is a bona fide starter now at times, isn't he? Like, he's not just a bench piece. He's someone that can start games. He's scored, Marcus he's Rashford's today. better on the right at the moment as well. Marcus Rashford is not very good. but Miles better on the right. Like, on the left, I don't know if you've noticed this, and I don't know if our audience has as well, so please put this in the comments and, and tell us. On the left, Scott, he seems to get the ball and stop. Right mm. on the it's right, he wants to beat players. yeah, because he wants to come in on his right and score. And on the right hand side, do you know what he does, Scott? He actually presses the space, so he's actually higher up the pitch and he gets the ball. And he was part of the goal, wasn't he? You know, he actually slid the low in because he was in the right position at that moment. Now, he's not in that position on the left, he isn't. So at the moment, you're probably playing him over Anthony, would you say? Rashford on the right, yeah. you're probably playing Garnacho there. And I actually thought, again, the lad Palestri came on. And had an impact with the goal, didn't he? Gets the ball, he's in that corner, he trots across, he gives a nice little dolly to Bruno, and Bruno just has to slide Martial in. And Martial, as you said, that's the goal you want him in, is it running in, not thinking, little loft of the ball, easy goal. So I think that there's a <laughs> there's a lot to talk about around those things. But I think with Marcus Rashford, he's a he's certainly more of a problem than solution as we stand today. Right, we've been. His going. form's not good. Like today, his, his form is not good. He uh, was really I, bad today. I think and... there's other circumstances which, obviously, we're not going to talk about too much. But no. it just looks to me like he's carrying the weight of the world on his shoulders, and it always seems like, you know, for Rashford, it's where he's such such an example of a confidence player. I've, I don't think there's any better examples in world football of this player thrives on confidence, and when he isn't confident, he's absolutely. It just doesn't look fit for it at all, you know? It, that's a great word to use, fit, because I watch him and he doesn't look fit mentally or physically. So I love Rashi and I think that, that like last year, you know, I, I lauded him as well and talked a lot about him and said he deserved his contract. He does deserve his contract, but he's not earning his cash at the moment. He really isn't. And there's something, like, again, I wanted to see Scott as that game went on and we talk about Ten Hag having his practices is that I'd have pulled Rashford with maybe 30 minutes to go because I think you could have set up better in that moment. I think, was it 2-0 after an hour or something like that? Was it 2-0 at that point? And I think you could have tried to really close the game down, but in a technical manner, not, not trying to just play keep ball, you know, five yards from your own box. And, and one of the problems was Rashford, because every time he got the ball, Scott, he just ran into a brick wall and gave it away. And it, it would take him all of three seconds to give the ball away every time. And you said there about Bruno. Bruno gets the ball on the edge of his box. Oh, I'm going to play 70-yard ball into, into no man's land. Well, you know? no, he, he, you could see what he was trying to do, because it was like a, break. it was yeah. one pass, which would have been cut the defence open. I think it was two defenders back or one. Yeah. And he was trying to play a player in for some glorious pass that he would have got lauded for if it had come off. The Steven Gerrard ball, as I used yeah, to call it, it the is. Hollywood pass. It's the Hollywood it's the pass. Ho it's the Hollywood pass. Yeah. And we need you'll, ne you'll never eradicate that from his game. Like, he's 29 years old. You never will. But okay, I'm glad you just said that. Because then if I'm the manager, right? So I'm not Eric Ten Hag. I'm just Rob Blanchett, the manager, right? And I am his manager. And he can't eradicate that from his game. And I say to him, mate, if you don't eradicate from the game, you don't play and I will sell you. And he goes, well, I can't eradicate from a game. 
then you sell him. And I think this is where you stand with a lot of these kind of players that Fergie would have once upon a time called them big time Charlies because they think they're bigger than what they are. And I think when you look at uh, Bruno, that's what worries me because you should be able to put the ball in the deck, Scott, and play it five yards. I will say this again. I said this on this podcast a ton of times before. Yeah. When Man United didn't sign Bruno Fernandes the summer before yeah. he actually joined, they thought he gave the ball away too much. Spurs did. That's why I didn't sign him <laughs> for that reason. United, United did as well. Yeah, but I think. And the then they signed say... him, and he made a big difference because he came up with loads of goals. Yeah. But this is what I talk about with profiling players. When City signed Bernardo Silva, they were they knew what they were doing, and now Bernardo oh, yeah. Silva is amazing. He's incredible. Yeah. He yeah. keeps the ball. He's he's so pole. Polar opposite to Bruno Fernandez, even though yeah. they play in the same team, but for Portugal, yeah, probably good mates, mm. all this kind of thing. The, the way that they do things is so different. Bruno has his plus points, obviously, but if you're looking to keep the ball and recycle it, you know, Bruno's never been that player. He never well, has been. I'll say one thing against that, Scott. Yeah, last year when we had injuries at one point, and it was a Casemiro going on his eight-game holiday when he was getting suspended. Bruno played the six, right? And Bruno, for that kind of 15-game period as the six, was very neat. He was very tidy. He didn't give the ball away. I watched him at Old Trafford with my own eyes, and I was like, that's a different player. He's being told to do something different, and he's doing it for the team. So this is my problem, is that like today, where you've got a lad like Kobe Manu, the, the captain should be saying... Well, watch how exemplary I am on the ball, because <laughs> that's what I want from you, 18-year-old boy. And, oh, yeah, Scotty doesn't really do that. Scotty's going to run the 10, and Scotty's going to go up there because he scores loads of goals for Scotland. And, you know, we're going to run this together. That's what I want from the captain. And I think Bruno showed last year for that period of games, and I think people, I don't know if people will agree, again, please say it in the comments, but he played really well as the six in those games, and I was shocked. Because it shows that he can do it. And you said a minute ago, oh, he just can't do it. Footballers can do a lot of things. It's sometimes what they want to do is the difference. And sometimes uh, you have to force I th them. I think you're being generous in, say, in 15 games. He did it for a couple. Oh, no. He, honestly, he was he played the 6-8. It's when Ericsson went out and when Casemiro was out. And we were just left with Bruno. And Bruno played the 6-8. So uh, those games... And United like, were playing badly. Yeah. You know, I don't think, like, but we didn't we didn't plummet down the table. He did what he had to do. So I, I think the thing is is that Bruno might not want to do it, but I think passing the ball if you're his boss, you know, it's like <laughs> you know, it's like if someone is your writer or something, Scott. It's like you know, if they don't put ink in their pen. You're gonna say, do it, just do it, please. Like we need more, and and I think that's the whole thing with Bruno is that we just need a little bit more from him, just sometimes a little bit more care. But will he ever be that player, Scott? Like you said, maybe not, and I think. That might be why you look in the market in the future for a player that can do the six and the ten and the eight and is a little bit more like Kobe Manu than they are Bruno Fernandez. Nini again saying right back, left back, two centre backs, two centre midfielders, right wing, a second striker, including the team. in three windows, switching, <laughs> praying emojis. Is that drastic? I'm trying to think if I'd add any more. Um, it's not I far off. It, it isn't far off. Let's play that game, Scott. Let's play that game. It's a, uh, we, should, no, we should do it another show. <laughs> we've been going 55 <laughs> going, minutes. Yeah. We shouldn't be, uh, we don't want to make this too long. Uh, but well, maybe we'll do that on another show. We will. There's we'll not another international show. break for four months, but maybe we'll, um, maybe we'll do it tomorrow, Rob. We've I think there's key positions, Scott. I think, you, I think you don't have to do that there that, that, um, that our commenter just said. I think you, you do want to buy, of course, but there are key parts of the park you need to sort your lives out still with Man United. You need to be able to do that. I think we need a centre-back, but we need to go there. We, that's got to happen. That's really, really important. Now, you that need, was your... You need two for me. Yeah. That was your priority going back over weeks and months ago, and I agree with you now. I think that is your, your main priority. Two would be lovely. But I think you also need a functional eight to be able to do the stuff with Kobe. And then, and then you kind of build up the pitch, a striker, you know, and then you kind of have to work the rest of it out. And it's like, you, you can't buy 12 players unless you're Chelsea. You know, United are not going to do that. I don't think Jim Ratcliffe will do that. But I do think you need to move players out because you don't want to play them and then to be able to move them in. I, I discovered something horrific, Scott, yesterday when I did a tweet about the wage bill that Donny van der Beek is the 72nd most paid player in England. He's in the top 70 and he doesn't even play a minute for Man United. Are you really surprised? I'm not surprised, but that's no. the hor that's the horrifying nature of it. If you're Eric Ten Hag, you're looking at that and going, he's he's like in that top echelon of like top five percent, six percent, ten ten percent of players, 
I can't even get one game out of him. So you need to move him out and you need to go and buy a number eight and you need to go and do it quick. Like ideally January would be the best time to do it. Well, hopefully somebody will pay his wages because that's why they, United again, I come back to it, loop it, loop it round all the time. Yeah. You can't sell Jaden Sancho because he's on massive wages. You can't sell Donny van der Beek. Real, Real Sociedad didn't take him in the summer because he's on massive wages and he's right. been out injured a lot. That's just the that's just the way it is. This is going to take some time to work out, Rob, but we should wrap it because we're approaching an hour. Um, any final things you want to touch on before we scoop? It is a good positive thing that even though you have all these problems, the problems that we talk about incessantly and nonstop, is that the league table is telling you that you're not actually too far away from your objective. So that is important. You know, what did you say, Scott? How far are we off Liverpool, did you say? Oh, I'll pull the table up right now for you. Go on, you. bring it up, Scott. Go and do, do the kind of match of the day ending to the show where we can look at the table together. So United, United are now sixth in the league. Right. Uh, everyone's played 13 games. Mm. Arsenal top on 30 points. Man City yeah. have 29, Liverpool 28. United yeah. are five points behind Liverpool, right. five points off the top four uh, with 24 points. Two points behind Tottenham. They do have a difficult away game at Newcastle to come, and then they play Chelsea as well. Chelsea are now eight points behind United already, mm-hmm. and uh, Newcastle are one point behind United. But I think, look, as much as we want to talk about style and issues the important thing for me is that united are in touch and as bad as the season has been so far united are now in touch so if they can work things out along the way kind of like they did today they were they were you know uh, they you know there there were elements of this game which were awful Um, we've we've obviously talked about that but the important thing is stay in touch and win matches pick up points because they got a job to do, and Eric Ten Hag knows if he does, if he comes bloody tenth or whatever, he, he is risk, he is at risk mm. of being stacked. So he's got to be in touch with the top four, and he is. And all of those issues about sack the manager, sack, the next guy is going to have the same issues to deal with. I'm, I'm sorry, Deserbi, Chabi Alonso, all of these fancy. Look at Bayer Leverkusen's team. Um, you know that the. the, the, the I'm, Chabi Alonso would never join United and played for Liverpool. I'm going off piece here. But like, um, <laughs> he used to play for Liverpool. He'd never join United. I'm going off piece here. But, you know, these coaches, United just don't run like a proper football club. So just all I'm saying is stay in touch. Hopefully this takeover and this, the new plan will come together soon. And then you start building towards it. But you just got to get the results along the way to keep the pressure off your back. Yeah, look, style is aspirational, and I would like after 18 months to have a better style, but style is not important. Style doesn't pay the bills. No one comes out of a football match and goes, oh, you got three points today because you've got a really good style. What it is, it's execution. Can you execute stuff? Can you execute basics? Can you have a shape? Can you work there? I think United did do that in the main today, like when they were trying to play out from the back. The problem is, Scott, is they kind of get in their own heads, don't they? And they kind of make starting to make messes of what, what is the basics of the game. Like, you should be able to pass a ball five or ten yards. And I think it's hard for Anana then to kind of find people because people are not doing their job. So I think that if you can get that right and you can do that in the weeks ahead, that you can go into Christmas in around the top four conversation... And then this start of the season goes away very quickly. Like you can, you 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 will forget about it if you get to January and United are second, third, or fourth, or something around that. You'll be like, oh, that's strange because last year it was exactly the same, wasn't it? It's that like you got to the World Cup and you were in the top four. So I think that Ten Hag won't feel so bad as maybe he felt maybe two, three, four weeks ago when his job was on the line and people were talking about it in those terms. And of course, in the next few weeks. We're going to hear about what this new plan will be from the new part owner to see what Jim Ratcliffe wants to do. And I think it will absolutely include the manager, like the current manager. I think they'll like what he does and they'll give him better support than obviously the current owners who give no support. You know, unless you can sell a shirt, they don't really care. Right. We'll wrap it there. I just want, just did want to say one more thing. I'm seeing Tottenham have a lot of injuries and, you know, they've lost three games in a row. United are now two points behind Tottenham, who are the best team in the world because they play They play a style. And said, just do it, mate, over the weekend mm. uh, in the lead-up. It's a bit different, but we're talking about injuries, right? 
Lisandro Martinez is such a big miss in this team, and I don't think people talk about it enough because he is one massive. person. Absolutely massive. And I went on record last year and said, Lisandro Martinez is United's best centre-back and most important centre-back. And a lot of people said, nah, it's for Ran. No, 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 no. It, I, it ain't I, for Ran. No, 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 Not no. Not for Ran. For, I would still prefer Varane ahead of, of uh, Lindelof. I'm not going to pretend about that. We know there's reasons for that at the moment. And that's why the I think Varane might not be there. Let's go out on one comment there, uh, Scott. There's a comment there, I think. Is it from Patrick? It says about Kobe Manu. There you know, you sw- Swagger a Pogba, IQ likes a damn what a player. Do you know what? That, hey, mate, that, if he can... <laughs> that's big. That's a big thing to say. But I was saying off camera that it is the Pogba part of his game that I quite like. He 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 just drifts and just glides, and he and he sees things that other players do does do not see. I don't think he's going to be a Pogba like player, totally different kind of value. But I do think that he could be an eight ten. I do think that that one day we might be talking about Kobe Manu being the guy that runs the whole midfield, you know, and the attack. And that's what we wanted from Paul Pogba, wasn't it? But obviously we didn't ever see that. And that's not something that we'll ever see ever again. Uh, It's important that Kobe keeps his feet on the ground, but he's probably going to get called the greatest player of all time now in the next few days. Was it Jude? Uh, Jude Bellingham, wasn't it? Before he went to Real Madrid, when he was, when he went to Dortmund, uh, what was it? 18, 19? And people were like, it's going to take him years, Scott. Take him years to develop. He's what, 20 now? Something like that. It doesn't well, take but he, he did join a club who have a, a, a stable environment that have yeah. a proven track record of developing players. And they play United them. players succeed in spite of their club yeah. over the last 10 years. So yeah. let's get it fixed. That's all I'm yeah. saying. And it's good for him, for, 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 for Manu. It's good for Garnacho, and it's good for Hannibal. I think when you take those three and then maybe add a Palestri in there, you've got four good players there that you can develop who could become first team answers. I'm not saying definitely, but I do think with Manu, he, he's a player that I will say is a generational talent. I think he's someone you can build around now. He's 18. Yeah, limit some of his minutes, but get him in the team and get him in the team every single week. United might not need to sign Frankie De Jong now. Let's have De Jong uh, and Manu. That's maybe, what you do. That's what serious clubs do, Scott. You're not going to sign Frankie De Jong. No. Uh, anyway, that's it for us. We've been Always Lee Schneider. For ages. Uh, <laughs> subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and watch us on the YouTube channel, the Promise and the Man United podcast. Like the video, subscribe, leave a comment, and hit the notification bell so you don't miss a show. At double underscore Scott Saunders on X, Instagram, TikTok. I might do a TikTok after this, so keep an eye out. Do it. Uh, <laughs> at underscore Rob underscore B on X and YouTube, and at Promise and MU on X or Twitter as well, if you still use it. And that is it. We'll be back. Pretty soon, actually. I think we're going to do a show before the Galatasaray game. Maybe even tomorrow, is it, Rob? Monday, yeah. I think it's, it's Monday. Point, maybe we'll do the the how many players would I keep. I, I'm not sure. We'll, maybe we'll keep that one in the bag. But yeah, like the stream, and uh, we'll see you soon. Good news is Man United have won 3-0 at Everton, and fantastic uh, to hear. Thanks for joining us on YouTube. If you're listening back on audio, which I will upload now as well, I've got to do that. Uh, if you're listening back on audio, subscribe to the YouTube channel. If you if you subscribed on the YouTube channel, subscribe on the audio platforms like I just mentioned as well. And uh, like the stream and uh, keep showing your support. We really appreciate what you're sending us, all this kind of stuff. But yeah, back soon for another Promise Land episode. Thanks from Scott and Rob. Until next time, everyone. See you soon. <laughs>